O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, you know it completely. Beth and I were having dinner at one of our favorite restaurants on Thursday evening. It was a cool evening, if you remember Thursday evening, and so we were eating outside. A couple came in and sat at a table not more than a few feet from us, and they looked at our salad, and then she ordered the same thing and proceeded to tell us. What started then was a conversation a conversation about our favorite restaurant. Well, I said, this is our favorite. Ours, too, they said. And then the conversation moved on. How long have you lived here? Where did you all move from? It was a back-and-forth conversation all about answering the question, who are you? Who are you? You know, sometimes that question is asked in fear. Who are you? Why are you here? What do you want from me? But most of the time, it's a joy unwrapping that mystery that is something of the other. Sometimes that's called falling in love. You remember maybe when you couldn't help finding more out about another person. We had so much in common. She likes music and dancing, and I do too. We're all into the same thing. He likes staying home. I like talking. He likes listening. Who are you? It's a, it's a wonderful unwrapping the mystery. It's so wonderful doing that. And then once you get married, that pretty much ends. <laughs> no, I'm joking. The mystery continues. Every day I share with my wife some new ache or pain. Never a dull moment when you're married to me. Who are you? Well, you're getting older, for one. You're changing all the time. You used to be so tall. Who are you? You weigh so much, you love a good joke, you like fiction, or maybe you're more into reality. These are the things that we share with one another. And we love it when someone takes notice and they listen and we listen. Oh, it's great getting to know a perfect stranger. We had an enjoyable time Thursday evening, but then I began to recognize that I was having some anxiety coming up. I recognized it. I wondered about it. And then it came, the question, and what do you do? Beth answered the question for me. He's a pastor and I work at the church. And that's the anxiety. What will that information have on the rest of this wonderful conversation? He's a pastor and I work at the church. The disclosure of that information does a number on the brain and I can see their synapses firing, multitasking. I looked over, the mind flashing through the couple, a hundred images that begin with Adam and Eve and end with Jimmy and Tammy Faye. 
Meanwhile, they're rewinding the past 20 minutes of conversation, wondering if there was anything in there that might need a time of confession. Meanwhile, their eyes dart over to see me sipping on my old-fashioned. Meanwhile, God has crashed into the conversation. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from far away. You search out my paths and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Where can I go from your spirit and where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle on the farther limits of the sea, there your hand shall lead me. Your right hand shall hold me fast. What's the anxiety? I know the anxiety. The anxiety is that when I mention that I am a pastor, I know what effect God has on people. God enters the space and changes our present behavior. Do you know what I mean? Let me explain it this way. Do you remember when Jesus and his disciples were entering a house and they came in and they were, you know, just chit-chatting and talking about the day and wondering what's for drink and what's for dinner? And then Jesus asked the room, hey, what were you talking about on the way? And when Jesus says on the way, what he means is that way to Jerusalem, the way to the cross, the Son of Man must suffer and undergo great suffering. Hey, what were you talking about on the way? And no one said a word. Because they were talking about who among them was the greatest. And this is what happens. When God enters the room, suddenly we get quiet and we all straighten up. And that's not who we are, really, is it? That's not who we are. I remember David, who lived across the hall from me in college, and he would tell stories, and he, was, he said one time, that his mom put up a little cross-stitched picture, frame thing, up in the bathroom, a sign that said, in cross-stitch, God is watching you. (laughs) Now, that can either give you great comfort or make you uncomfortable. His parents were always trying to convince him that there was no place where he could be, where God wasn't watching. No place where he could go. And when I say go, I mean that in every sense of the word. He told me that he grew up on a farm. And he said, one day as a child, I remember going out to the barn and I had to go so badly and I wasn't going to make it in time. And it was the first time I had to go outside. And he said, unfortunately, When I proceeded, I uh, was facing the electric fence. (laughs) Shock of my life, he said. 
I thought God was punishing me. Oh, where can I flee from your presence? Now, I know some of you will email me and say, why are you sharing that in church? Well, because it's who we are, right? I mean, we're not this. And the Lord knows it. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. You are acquainted with all my ways. Everything in your life, the Lord knows. Everything. Even before a word is on your lips, God knows it completely. So I'm wondering how you handle it. After all, we are all priesthood of believers. We believe that. You can wear a clerical collar just as much as I can. When you're out and about, on these wonderful evenings and you're in conversation and you begin to unravel the mystery who are you when does God enter the conversation for you do you lead with God do you put God somewhere in the middle do you bury God as deep as a bone When does God enter the conversation for you? Answer, truth be known, it is not up to us to invite God to come crashing in. God is in everything and in everyone and in every word. God knows it completely, so let's not fool ourselves that we can invite God in. So come now. It is a cool morning. Let's pull up a seat at the table. Look, we've all ordered the same thing. (laughs) A morsel of grace and some love to wash it down with. What do you do? Oh, sometimes... Sometimes what I do is think that I'm the greatest. I take more than my share. I cut people off. I think too highly of myself at the expense of others. What do you do? I do that too. We have so much in common. Who are you? Meanwhile, God is there whispering to us. Can I tell you, dear ones, that you are my children? Can I tell you how great each one of you is? Who are you? Pull up a chair. Who are you? 
Well, I'm not as young as I once was. I have these aches and pains. I, I haven't been the same since my divorce. I hurt. God is in there. God whispers in, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Who are you? Pull up a chair. What's your favorite place in town? Well, this is our favorite. Ours, too. And where two or more are gathered. God is here. Always here. It's who we are.